Thanks for tuning in to the Glossy Beauty Podcast. I'm your host, Priya Rao, and here with me today is Dr. Yanis Alexandrides and Eva Alexandrides, the founders of 111 Skin. Hi, Yanis. How are you? Hi, Priya. I'm very well. I'm very happy to be on this amazing podcast. Hi, Eva. How are you doing? Tell me how you've been. I've been fantastic. Hello from London. I'm so excited to be on this podcast. You know, I always feel like our our calls are at the end of the day on a Friday and you guys are the last people in your office. Um, Is that the case today? Indeed. A hundred (laughs) percent. It is, but uh, for me at least it's it's a good time because it's a time uh, I have quiet and I can focus and no one is bothering me. So this is perfect. Giannis, I always think the story is so interesting because you kind of found your way into being a skincare founder along with your wife. I mean, you're you're a practicing doctor. You still are practicing. You're, I, I see your degrees on the back of your wall right now. That's and right. And I'm just wondering, you know, did you ever have any ambitions, you know, when you were treating women in your in your practice to start a line or was it totally happenstance? Uh, yes and no. I, I, would, I should say that being a plastic surgeon, uh, always my intention was to give not just an operation, but a full service, a 360 approach to, to beauty. And from the very early days when I was in training in the University of Miami, I was always thinking about methods and products that could enhance plastic surgery. So there's so much a surgeon can do with his hands. You can uh, make your technique better as time goes by. You can make it safer. But at the end of the day, you need to have the right instruments, the, the right products to help you get the best results. However, I never thought I would create a brand of beauty products. <laughs> my first aim, uh, once I started my practice in, in London, in Harley Street, was to find uh, a serum that will, I will give to my patients after surgery in order to make the skin heal faster, minimize the scars, and accelerate uh, people going back to work and to social activities. I, I was getting a lot of patients who were very um, concerned about how long will I be out of work, how long will I be out of uh, uh, seeing people. So that prompted me to try to look into ingredients. I did a lot of research. I tried a lot of different products. However, I never found something that really satisfied my patients 100% in the clinical environment. I had some products that were effective, but maybe too aggressive and irritating the skin and other products that were not uh, effective at all. So I started working with a couple of uh, scientists who uh, helped me from the, uh, from the laboratory aspect. They, they were very uh, aware of ingredients that were not used in skincare before. Uh, they were working actually uh, with astronauts. They were in charge of the well-being of astronauts. And we understand from being in space how the skin ages, because space is a laboratory for aging. It accelerates aging multiple times because uh, the skin is not protected by the atmosphere. We get the cosmic radiation. We have the lack of gravity. All these things contribute to accelerate aging. So these scientists knew how to use ingredients uh, to protect the skin from these damage. And we used their knowledge to create the first product, the Dramatic Healing Serum, 
something that I started giving to my patients right after surgery for a period to use of up to six weeks, which is really the initial healing period. And that's what created the first product. So that's how it all started. You know, I know, Eva, you were very um, thoughtful and purposeful about, you know, we could you know, we could do more with this, you know, because the clients were asking for it, where they can get it, where they can buy it. And then I know um, that's what ended up leading to a relationship with Harrods in the UK. Will you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I was with Yanis through the whole journey from, um, as he explained, he was searching for a product to speed up the healing. And once he created the very first product, um, he was keeping me very aware of the whole journey with this product. So a lot of his patients were coming in asking for additional product, even after their last consultation, when their skin was completely healed. And Yanis was really, really struggling with keeping the right amount of this product when he was um, calculating how many surgeries or non-surgical treatments he had. So we never had enough stock. Um, people always demanded more. And it was a bit of, um, of, of a coincidence, actually, a positive coincidence for us that a very important patient um, went to Harrods and she expressed her satisfaction with the product and she didn't order a very uh, usual order that she normally places with the personal shopping department, a large order of skincare. Um, and when she was questioned why she didn't purchase the product, she said, well, I'm using something very special for my plastic surgeon and, uh, and I'm very happy with the result. So I'll come back to Harrods next time I am she I think she was a, a, a Middle Eastern princess um, <laughs> so <laughs> and they're used to buying a lot of products and now we just came back from a trip from Dubai and I see how they purchase products they when they love something they love to give to their cousins and their entourage and they really like to share their their the gifting is so important so when they find something unique they like to share with their whole family and community um, so Harrods actually called us, the buyer from Harrods called the clinic and she said that she's quite interested in um, having a sample of this product. Um, now we have a very close relationship with this buyer. She's a director in Harrods and she told me that she was looking for medical brands at that time. This was 10 years ago, they were developing the whole technology with uh, gadgets. It was the time of the Clarasonics and the different devices. And Harrods was leading the way in, in the technology division. And they were very much interested in medical doctor brands, even though the trend back then was very much organic and different trends. So there were not enough doctor brands. So she was really fascinated that there is a doctor in London that has produced something that really has uh, dramatic results. So we went and we presented the product. It was a very long journey. They kept asking for more samples, just like the patients in Yanis's clinic. Can we have some more and can we have some more? They kept calling and giving to the whole department. Um, and eventually they were very excited with the results and they said that they wanted to launch, to launch the line. And this was 2012. You know what I love about this story is that it's so happenstance. Because I think nowadays you see brand founders, you see dermatologists, plastic surgeons. It's so almost, it's calculated in a way, like what is happening in the market today. You know, Giannis, I have to ask you about derm talk on TikTok in a little bit, because you see all these dermatologists and plastic surgeons like dancing around promoting their products. And I'm always wondering like, wait, 
you have a medical degree. You don't need to do this. So I'm just wondering, you know, when, when I think that, you know, obviously your patients pushed you in this direction, but you told me last time we spoke that Herod's really helped you think about the positioning, the packaging, like how to communicate this to a wider audience. Will you guys describe that a little bit? Uh, yes, I think for me, it was an eye-opening experience that, as you said, coming out from a doctor's uh, office, I had no idea how to launch a commercial product. However, the experience of the team of Harrods is unparalleled. I believe that when we met in 2011 for the first time, they were receiving around 50 requests a month for products to be launched in the beauty department. And they were choosing only two a year in order to launch. So you are in this very competitive environment, which has only become even more competitive nowadays. And they gave us the right insight from the other side. How do the consumers perceive a product? What are they looking for in order to understand the message that you're trying to, to, to give? And as a doctor, I needed this important assistance back then to formulate uh, the right packaging, the right color, the, the textile filling, and also the um, connection with, with the consumer as soon as they see something on the shelf of a department store. Uh, so we were very fortunate to have this uh, positive uh, assistance and advice. And of course, it went on for a few months. There was a debate. Uh, we, uh, Eva came in to uh, help into this point because up to that point, see, we were only having these products at the clinic. And once we, dis- we realized uh, that this will become more of a commercial project, it needed different kind of assistance. I didn't have the time quite frankly, and Eva was there with me. So uh, we, we do feel that uh, this was a very uh, useful and very uh, actually priceless advice at the beginning of the brand. Eva, tell me how that kind of set you up for the growth that you have today. You know, I mean, obviously now you're in so many different retailers, amazing retailers. And even though the, the tide is turning towards expert skincare, the tide around luxury and what is happening at the beauty counter versus like buy online, pick up in store, open sell, it's very different. So if a brand, if someone's going to someone at Harrods or, you know, Bloomingdale's and picking up your product, it's, you know, it's, it's a personal relationship. It's not just a, re, it's not just a replenishment kind of thing. Well, for us, um, we, Harrods was a very important account for us, but I also stayed in Harrods for more than two and a half years before I opened another account. And this is not the standard of how, you know, people launch brands now. Um, I needed to do that. I needed to learn who our consumer is. I needed to understand their, the journey that they wanted to experience with us. And I also, we needed to, to really have the confidence as a brand to expand in other locations. We were, as, as Yanis said, we are a brand that started in a clinic. We were loved by Yanis's patients, but we needed to uh, make sure that our consumers are 
love the brand just as much as our patients. So it was a long journey. My my team was giving samples. We didn't have marketing. We we didn't have advertising budgets. So it was very much one client at a time, understanding how they respond to the brand. But that was invaluable lesson for us because based on that, we actually developed another range even during the time that we just stayed in Harrods. We, we've created a Black Diamond range before we even opened in another retailer. And then it took us another three years uh, for us to uh, come to the States. We, we had um, a lot of appointments and requests from U.S. buyers. Uh, I think due to the recommendation of our buyers in Harrods, they were expressing their content with the brand and how we were growing in a very positive way. Uh, so we had meetings with Saks Fifth Avenue, with Neiman Marcus, with Barneys, and we selected Barneys simply because we all the other accounts were too big for us. We wanted to make sure that we do things in a in a proper fashion. We don't grow too quickly. We needed to learn the business. Barneys sadly doesn't exist now, but in seven years ago was absolutely the right account for us. It had, I think we launched in four key markets with them. And we took the same experience as we did with Harrods. We learned one client at a time, what are their concerns, how we can satisfy their demands and how we can be that experiential brand that they think take on a long journey with them. Tell me about what you found from the customer experience. Because I know, Giannis, you were obviously doing these meet and greets and one-on-ones and all of that. I mean, I'm imagine that I'm first customer that got you to Harrods, a Middle Eastern princess, is very different from maybe some of the UK and American customers that you have today. So what were some of the learnings that you you had from this experience? And who is she today? Like, is it what we imagine or is it something totally outside of the box? Well, for me, it's such a great opportunity to come out of the office and actually see people in different parts of the world. But as um, we're talking about Barneys and uh, the American consumer right now, I have to say that uh, I had some experience because I did study in the States. I lived in the States for eight years. I'm American board certified in plastic surgery. So I like uh, the uh, connection you get with the American consumer where they know what they want and they ask the right questions and they're very direct. So I I like this approach as a doctor too. So I like to see what is the skin problem, what are the objectives, what is the right product, and that's how I'm uh, going about that. So it's, it's not really... Uh, very different than having a mini consultation in my office where uh, you come as a patient with a uh, different kind of problem. But in the department store or any uh, place of sale, people have a similar uh, respect for a doctor and they expect this from you. So you, when you're a doctor, you're always a doctor. It doesn't matter if you're in your office or if you're in a department store. So the advice comes uh, in, in a similar way. And I think... I, I, I do believe that with the American consumer, I have this connection where uh, I understand what they want and I give the, the right advice in a way that they can understand it too. We'll be right back after this message. What do you think about the whole position of, you know, clean and clinical 
and expert driven because there seems to be, like you said, Eva, a tide really turning, you know, uh, 10 years ago and even almost like two or three years ago, it was all about clean. It was all about organic. People were away from chemicals or preservatives. Everything was bad, but there was a lot of greenwashing happening. And now there are brands like yours, Augustana Spider, Dr. Barbara Sturm, that are really putting the power back in the experts' hands. And obviously you guys have very different approaches, but it's reminding people of, you know, that expertise that you need to look good, to feel good, and um, look beautiful. We are very much a, we are very much a scientific brand. Yanis is a, a practicing plastic surgeon. He has been in the same practice for the last twenty one years. So for us, the inspiration is everything, all the advancements in the cosmetic industry. So we have always been a scientific, surgically inspired brand. Um, I think it's very important to know what you stand for and not to follow trends. Um, however, you can be clinical brand and you can still have very strong beliefs about uh, being clean. For, for us, a clean brand is no parabens, no paraffins, no silicones, and we've had and no sulfates. We've had a lot of conversations with Yanis where we've, tr we've tried and tested products with silicones where they feel beautiful on the skin and the whole team is begging Yanis to allow for this ingredient to be used in our products, but he stands very firm on his, on his beliefs of what kind of ingredients need to be used. Um, and I'm also very happy that at the moment there's so much about sustainability and when it comes to sustainability, it used to be just packaging, um, but now it's very much how you source ingredients. And sourcing clinical ingredients in a laboratory environment, is it's a sustainable way to go versus having these large fields of organic materials and ingredients that, you know, require a lot of water for farming and also, you know, collecting a lot of products. So, for us, uh, we have always been true to, to ourselves. Um, we started with glass packaging because we believed this is the most abundant resource, but also it preserves the product in the best possible way. So we use as little preservatives as possible, but we would always choose highly scientific ingredients. And you have patents and proprietary ingredients in your assortment. How difficult is that to do? You know, Yanis, obviously coming up with it, is is one thing, but then protecting that too, because I feel like when the patent goes away, you know, is everybody going to try to put your ingredients in their product? Uh, well, I, I think you have to stay on the forefront of research and development, and that's what we love doing. That's that's my passion, actually, trying to find the best ingredients as science advances. Uh, from the beginning, we created these products with the medical uh, ideas and we've done clinical studies from the beginning. Actually, when, when Harold's approached us to launch uh, there, I, I went immediately to an independent clinical laboratory in France to uh, test the products to make sure they are safe, they are without any uh, ingredients that will cause irritation, but also that they are effective. And when we got the results, they were so positive. In some categories, we got 100% satisfaction, 99% satisfaction, so much improvement in wrinkles, in, in brightness of the skin, hydration of skin. It was so positive that that gave me the confidence to go and launch the brand out in the public. And uh, as Eva said, being uh, clinical, uh, 
doesn't necessarily mean that you're not you're going to use uh, ingredients that are not safe for the skin. On the contrary, from that standpoint, you take care not to use any ingredients that can have a negative effect on the skin. So they can be both. Do you think that actually, Priya? Sorry to interrupt, but I wanted to say something which is against the common belief because for us, when we created our first proprietary formula, it actually was not difficult. It was easy because we didn't go to a laboratory that produces skincare products. We went to chemical engineers, to scientists that were working in space science, and we started from scratch. So actually what we created initially, we had no conflict from the industry because no one had used these ingredients before. And, and it was very easy for us to patent this technology and ingredients because it was it came from a different industry. And then we tested it on a clinical site, how it works on the skin. It sounds like a lot of what you did at the beginning, at least in the early days, was around gut and what you thought, you know, was what was needed from the customer perspective and what you thought was the best of the best versus, you know, all the market research and all the data that was available in the beauty industry. Would you say that's right? I think yes. And we never made decisions based on a board meeting or what's right according to the trend or what's in the marketplace and what will be the trend next year. We made decisions based on patients that I see in the clinic on real skin problems, on real skin solutions with great results. And I think that's what sets us apart, being a highly scientific brand that doesn't sigh away to make their own products before any trends are, are formulated. We're not chasing the trends. Actually, we have found that a lot of the products and uh, a lot of the methods we use, like, for example, the do-at-home skincare, uh, preceded the trends. So uh, we, we, we like that. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about the investment you guys recently received. It was during COVID, which is like phenomenal, uh, considering all the the pitfalls of COVID and that they're still going on. But, you know, now you have people that are also invested in the company and are looking at talking to you about those market trends and market research and, and board seats and all of these things. So what's that been like in terms of having this partner help? Well, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a, an easy decision. Uh, we were getting uh, almost on a weekly basis uh, emails, calls about companies that were interested in us. Uh, they had seen us either in department stores or they have heard the story and uh, they discovered us that we had so much uh, inbound calls for investment. Uh, well, for a long time, we thought that the organic growth that we had perceived for the first nine years of the company was really what we cherished and helped us build the basis of this scientific brand the way we like it to be. However, as we grew, both as a team, but also as a company that has now a lot of followers, the challenges have changed and the scales have changed and the right investor can be very good ally to the brand. And we were very selective with Eva. Uh, we were fortunate to be able to, to choose from uh, a lot of suitors, let's say, to the one that we thought it was the most appropriate, both as a strategic investor, but also as a personal 
one-to-one basis, understanding of the brand, respecting the values of the brand, and letting us continue on this journey without interfering on what we believe is the right thing to do. You guys finished last year, I mean, it's amazingly, you know, around 20 million in sales, correct, Eva? That, that's right. Well, 20, 20 million in wholesale, which is a lot more in retail sales, right. close to 50. <laughs> so tell me about that, because I know that I remember, I mean, those are phenomenal numbers. And obviously everyone went home during COVID and tried to figure out, you know, how to fix their skin at home when they weren't seeing their dermatologist or their plastic surgeon or, you know, going out as much. But at the same time, you know, that was a challenge for you because you were so heavily in retail and had to figure out the whole digital side of your business. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, You're right. We are very, um, we started in retail. We love retail. Even now, post-COVID, we are very much supporting retail. Uh, And it had to be a very immediate shift into digital. Um, Luckily for us, um, we were able to transition a lot of our salespeople into doing online consultations. Um, And because they're heavily trained and they they love the brand, it was um, a very kind of ritualistic experience. They would uh, work closely with every client, apply products together, work, work on a schedule and all of the products that we have created are very much um, aligned with the home ritual trend. Um, we are not just a skincare brand. We are very much experiential brand. You find us now in more than 50 global five-star spas. Um, so we were, we in our product selections, we have uh, products like masks. We have products like ampules. Um, we have for at home uh, scientific rituals. So it was easy for us to transition our clients into really experiencing beauty at home, but in a very joyful way, in a way that you have dramatic results, but at the same time has a sensorial feel to the way you can create create step-by-step regime. Do you think customers are more acclimated and shoppers are more acclimated to that online consultation now that we've been doing this for so many months or are they still dying for that interaction in the retail environment or is it both we have seen um a very strong return back to retail. We're seeing very strong, actually pre-COVID numbers at the moment in a lot of our retail places. In the US, places like Saks Fifth Avenue, Neiman Marcus, Birdof and Goodman have phenomenal numbers at the moment. The same is here in Selfridges Harrods. Um, we also see uh, a tremendous growth in spa. It's our fastest growing division at the moment. So what we are noticing is that people do like to have this experience. They want to have personal interaction. And especially in spa, they're so ready to be immersed outside of their home in a beautiful uh, environment, but also they're demanding more scientific results. So we're seeing across the board um, amazing opportunities for expansion. You guys just recently kind of tweaked some of your best sellers, you know, at least with the mask perspective in terms of making them single use to be reusable or refillable and kind of going back to that sustainability point. So what new innovations are you thinking about for this woman who is more educated, more prepared, wants things at home, wants things in the spa, wants things at Saks? What's on your mind? 
Well, I, 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 are we talking about the future or the existing? Because the, uh, both, both, yeah, all of it. <laughs> I, I think I have to mention that we had a, an exceptionally active uh, and a new product development division with with the products uh, that we have developed over what I think it's a short period of nine years, starting from the reparative line and then going to the intensive line, the black diamond. So we we have come up with a lot of innovations like the biocellulose face mask that you just mentioned. They're so popular, they're so effective. Um, and also the biogel uh, masks that uh, are also extremely popular and very uh, practical in terms of applications. But now expanding into liquid masks, which I, I think is completing the circle of masking. We call it ma- multi-masking, uh, where different necessities are really um, fulfilled with different products. So we have six of these liquid masks that we just launched. Uh, they were very well received uh, and we're very, very happy about that. And just before that, we launched Concentrates, which are seven-day courses for use at home for specific conditions like pigmentation or dehydration of the skin. Uh, so targeted solutions with targeted uh, ingredients. So I think it's a great moment to, for the company to, first of all, take a breather and actually go deeper and educate the consumer about this abundance of products that cover the majority of skin conditions and skin problems in a very effective way before jumping to create more and more products. I think the creation of a new product has to have a purpose and not just to uh, be there just, just, for the, just for it. So, however, <laughs> having said that, there's always new things in the pipeline and uh, some of them um, I, I can talk, uh, and some of them I cannot talk, but I'm uh, very keen on uh, advancing the line into body products right now. I think uh, we have, as Eva said, gained a humongous experience from expanding into spas and also some medical institutions where we apply our products. And also from the experience we get in uh, 111 Harley Street, we have now some uh, very effective body products that we would like to uh, bring to uh, our consumers. Well, we're excited for them. We're certainly excited for them. (laughs) Um, You know, given with what's going on right now, you know, you guys have so much momentum in the sense that, you know, you have this investment, you hit close to 50 million in sales last year. And I'm wondering, you know, what are you thinking about further distribution? Because I think that a lot of what has happened has been very much word of mouth, you know, whether it's that Middle Eastern princess or Barney's or, you know, you know, Khloe Kardashian talking about you and Rosie Huntington Whiteley. It seems like it's really been, you know, not a marketing ploy. So I'm wondering when you think about big retailers here, especially in the U.S., um, are you thinking about Sephora? Are you thinking about Ulta? Are you thinking about, you know, bigger retail accounts to get that awareness out there? So for us, um, we, we feel that we have a very strong global distribution in the right places where we want the brand to be. And the most exciting new venue for us is Spa. 
this is a very exciting opportunity for us to have a better interaction with our clients. We like places like Harrods and Neiman Marcus, Saks Fifth Avenue, because they do offer treatment rooms. So we can take an extension of our clinic and introduce treatments. Uh, however, spa is a totally new frontier. I think we are coming into the spa world and really creating this scientific rituals and challenging the industry, which used to be only about pampering for so many years. You go to the spa and you just relax. And, and now we feel that the clients, they want to relax. They want to be in a beautiful ambience, but they also want to walk out and have really dramatic results. So this is the area where we are, we are really focused. We feel that this is the potential of the brand. And it's also a way for us not to overexpand. When you think about the state of luxury today, you know, at least in the U.S., it's very confusing. You know, it's convenience, it's Amazon, it's Ulta and Target, you know, it's Sephora and Kohl's. You know, you're a beautiful, expensive, prestige line. Are you at all kind of thinking about what this, what all these changes mean for the brand long term? Or are you just kind of sticking to your guns? Because it's obviously served you both very well. So for, for me, our positioning is very clear. Yanis is a practicing plastic surgeon. Um, he is very much uh, the driving force behind innovation and the science. But for me, it was very important that the brand also feels um, the sensorial part of the brand was essential. So I wanted us to look beautiful. I wanted us to really be able to create a ritual on application. Um, and this is our positioning. We are, we are highly scientific luxury brand. And we, we know what we stand for. Our price point is not because we want to be expensive. We use very expensive ingredients. I was in a meeting five minutes ago about an ingredient that cost 8,000 pounds for a few grams. And it was this debate, should we use this ingredient versus some, a substitute that is much cheaper? And, and we never go for, for a cheaper alternative. We always go for the best. And, we're working at the moment with uh, a new technology that is very, very advanced. It's We would have, you know, the global patent for it. So our positioning is very clear. We cannot be everything for everyone and we can only be the best for our clients. Thank you so much, both. It was wonderful seeing you and we can't wait to see you back here in the U.S. I know your clients are dying to see you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening to the Glossy Beauty Podcast. Tune in next week for another episode. And of course, that means if you haven't subscribed, please hit that button.